What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Raina Troy Hotline. Alicia, Michael, what's going on? We know you have takes. We have takes. I'm actually surprised that your rant line, raid line, whatever, isn't completely full. Why can't we just win a game? Can I blame Michael Castillo for this? Can I blame Bob Connolly for this? Could I put on a zebra shirt and just go out there? Scratch, claw, up against the wall. Can't explain that what I'm feeling right now, guys. I can't believe it. Let's open up that race Woohoo! Oh, I can't believe USD has hired Lincoln Riley. Oh, yeah. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Reign of Troy Radio, episode 493, coming to you on Monday, July 31st. We're going to talk about the latest in USC football, including the beginning of fall camp. The Trojans have finally opened fall camp. College football season basically upon us. We're going to talk about the goings on there, uh, injury updates on uh, Bear Alexander. We're going to talk about what Deuce Robinson looks like, uh, some shakeups on the offensive line, and so much more. As always, you can follow us on Twitter at Reign of Troy, like us on Facebook, Facebook.com slash Reign of Troy. You can email the show, Reign of Troy at fanside.com, and give us your calls on the Reign of Troy rant line. 818-643-7227 is the phone number. Uh, as always, I'm your your host, Mike Garcia, Joe, along with my co-host here in the Rain of Church studio in Los Angeles, Alicia Deratola. Hello, everybody. Hello. Uh, we are back. And I'm super pumped because fall camp is here, but also we've... We've got a bunch of people over in the uh, in the chat here live on YouTube. We've got Rama Murdy, we got Cigar, Tim, Fighting on MC, Kenny's in the chat, Nick is there, uh LA Fred is there. We got a ton of people. Um and really the the Rot Squad in general, I think, is growing, Alicia. We had a big call in show uh last week, uh on Thursday night. Um, a members-only call-in show over on YouTube, and it was so much fun. Uh, something that we're planning to sort of do more as the season comes along, right? 
Yeah, that that went honestly. I was really worried because technologically we have had hiccups in the past, and doing yeah. a live call-in show felt like, well, this is just going to turn into one, another one of those. And it went beautifully. It went smoothly, and most importantly, it was just super fun to catch up with, you know, the, some of the more familiar faces from from the Rock Crew. You know, we got to to chat with with Darlene and Sean, beautiful Austin, Texas, and. Even Kenny and Saman from Traveler Hates Thursdays jumped on, so mm-hmm. uh, it was it was really really fun to do, and we look forward to doing it way more as because there's just so much we can do with that during the regular season after games, um, and and let the fan voices be heard. Yeah, exactly. Uh, that's that's what we're all about. Uh, we're all about the the rant line and uh, the rant line number, of course, eight one eight six four three seven two two seven. I was gonna try and do it, and I I missed it. What, what were we gonna do? The seven two two seven. Oh, I mean, want to try it again? Eight one eight six four three seven two two seven. Suck at what's brewing show. show. I, I I guess that works. <laughs> uh, that's that sort of works. Uh, we we got a comment on uh, on on YouTube. Uh, where do I join the Rot Squad? You can join the Rot Squad. There is a link in the description of the show here, uh, both on YouTube and where you're watching or listening, wherever you're listening to. It'll be in the show notes there. Uh, you can join us four ninety nine a month. You get bonus episodes on. Um, on YouTube, you get to join our Discord, uh, and the Discord is how we're basically doing the call-in shows. So uh, it gives you access to the call-in shows. You get custom emojis uh, in the YouTube chat uh, and, and bunch of stuff, bunch of content that we're going to be bringing during the season. Uh, we're super excited about. So go join that. Come join the uh, the the Rot Squad. Four ninety nine a month, uh, cheaper than a than a Big Mac. Yeah, right. I. Better than a Big Mac, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> Big Macs are gross. Certainly and cheaper. The Rot Squad, not gross. So you can you can join us. Um, uh, and you, you mentioned uh, Kenny was, was on there. Um, Kenny's in the chat here live on YouTube. But also, Kenny will be here next week uh, when we have our uh, preseason roundtable episode with uh, with Kenny and our friend Jake um, from the uh, What's Bruin show. But uh, I, I told Kenny that I would I would promise to get this ready. So here we go. There we go. Awesome. Uh, that is the uh, that is the THT uh, theme. We're gonna have to get that ready and, and ready to go next week as well uh, for our, our roundtable. Kenny Kenny Martin from uh, Travel Age Thursdays and uh, Jake Merrifield from the What's Bruin Show will be on the pod next week uh, for a big roundtable. Uh, and then after that, we've got offensive and defensive preview, season predictions coming up, and then it's game week all of a sudden. So a lot of content coming here on Reign of Troy uh, Radio. Uh, if you're watching us on YouTube and you like the content, be sure to uh, like the video first and foremost. Uh, then make sure that you subscribe. Uh, make sure that you're here every Monday, 5 p.m. for our episodes. Uh, during the season, we'll be here Wednesday, 5 p.m. as well, along with post-game car casts. Uh, and then, yeah, become a member of the Rot Squad as well. So uh, super excited about everything coming uh, everybody's way. So I, th- I think we just need to get into the news, shall we? All right. Uh, we start the news uh, with um, USC Media Day, which went down uh, last Thursday. Um, some 
nuggets to come out of that, including things on the offensive line. Jonah Monheim is moving to left tackle, and Michael Tarquin moving to right tackle for the Trojans. Alisa, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I think I think it's interesting. Um, apparently, it's mostly a see what we've got here kind of switch, which I'm always I'm always in favor of it. You might as well find out uh, what your best five is in the order that you're in. Um, Monheim has been around long enough that I, I think you can trust him to make a swap from right to left to 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 invest the time in the off season in, in fall camp to see how he does there. Um, I, I wouldn't do that to a younger player. I wouldn't waste that time with a younger player, but I, yeah. I kind of like the investment with Jonah Monheim, even if it's a let's see what we've got and then have him end up starting the season at, at right tackle and have him as sort of a, a, a an option if there's an injury or if if it's just not working out to change things up. So I'm in, I'm in favor of it. I like it. Michael Tarquin played right tackle, I believe, uh, b- before. So mm-hmm. I think it also sort of makes sense. Um, if you wanted to take a little of, of a head tilt approach to this news, you might worry a little bit if things didn't go well enough in spring camp in that arrangement sure. that uh, that you're needing to explore this. But... I would rather cover my bases, and I'm not ready to jump to a conclusion there about whether or not... You'd rather have the move now, right? Like, it, Yeah. It, it's better to have the move now than two or three weeks from now. I think that would be the red flag. Yes, absolutely. Where, where you'd look at it and say, you know, is something, is something wrong with the with the offensive line and then that gelling or, or, or whatnot? You want to sort of have that, that move in the bag. But I'd also say that, you know, this came out at USC Media Day the day before uh, fall camp started. That means that this wasn't this like sudden decision. This is probably something that's been in the works for a long time, right? Like something that you would assume Monheim and Tarquin have had the entire summer to sort of mentally prepare for. So I I I think that, you know, that if that's what the plan is, that's what the plan is. We'll see how things, you know, gel uh during the summer. Um we'll we'll I mean, during fall camp, we'll hear whatever we hear. Obviously, fall camp is uh, access for the for the media is limited. We're not there, but on top of that, the the media that does go to fall camp every day doesn't get to see everything. Um, so we're just gonna have to kind of wait and see until week zero uh, at the end of August when SC plays San Jose State, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. And and the good thing is that. I think uh, I think USC has earned a little bit of trust here on the offensive line. I think uh, jo- Josh Henson did a outstanding job with that group last year, and so you yeah. sort of have to put your faith. Yeah, a hundred percent. Speaking of of big guys on the offensive line, we got to talk about big guys on defense, and that starts with Eric Gentry. Uh, this is from Chris Trevino on on Twitter during USC Media Day. Uh, Eric Gentry has clarified how big he is. Six foot seven, two hundred and twenty three pounds. Basically, he could be starting at uh, like the three for the Raptors. <laughs> yeah, um, cigar in the in the chat said he saw Gentry's interviews on Media Day. Dude seems possessed. He seems laser focused. Knowing this year is massive for him. Um, I think that the the size thing also plays into that, right? Where mm-hmm. it it's clear that. 
even with the limitations that he had recovering from the injury, that he's been in the weight room, that he's taken it seriously, that he needs to to, to add some bulk. Um, I'm looking it up right now because I can't remember what his listed weight was um, last year. I'm give me a second. Uh, yeah, he was listed at 200 last year. He was listed at six six two hundred. So, um, I you know that that feels like a player who's taking seriously their need to continue to to develop physically, mm-hmm. and you gotta love it. You know, you gotta love it. And and I agree with Cigar. Everything that we've seen, he's still listed on the roster at six six two oh five. So like USC's not giving away <laughs> the the weight gain, but uh, we'll tr- we'll trust what he says. Um, the the roster doesn't necessarily get updated by the by the coaches specifically, um, so yeah, well, we'll I I think there's a lot of reason to be excited for Eric Gentry and 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 to just sort of embrace the unicorn that is your six seven six six linebacker. Yeah, I I said uh, I, I I joked about him being in the NBA. Just look at the Lakers roster. Uh, Cam Reddish is six seven two seventeen, <laughs> so there's your comp um, two twenty three, a little bit a little bit bigger for for Eric Gentry, um, and yeah, I, I saw I saw a tweet uh, to to Chris saying that like you know that's not the size for a linebacker and all that stuff, and and Chris had a good reply about like, but he's a unicorn, like he's yeah. a unicorn for a reason, like he's different than than everybody else, and. Really, if you're six six seven two twenty three, what are you the size for in football? Right, like no, you're you're just not going to make sense for any position outside of wide receiver, tight end. So we need to stop expecting those things because yeah. Eric Gentry is just he's he doesn't fit the mold of of anything else. That that doesn't mean that he's limited. Um, it just means you just have to not expect what everyone else is doing right like he, you don't he wanna, he's different you don't want to put players in a box especially right. you, you know unique talents can can yes they well, you might want to put him in the in in the box, in the, in the box. If, you're, if you're against a running team. <laughs> yeah you want to put him in the box when yeah. you're trying to solve the run that's fair right uh, you don't want to put him in a box where you limit his potential because you've decided that every player that plays every position on the field has to be prototypical. Right. Number one, prototypical is is a range, and it, it's not like a, a hardened stone um, uh, sort of metric. And, and number yeah. two, like, some of the best players in the game are not prototypical. They're weird dimensions, and they, they get the job done. Like, that doesn't have to be the way that you determine uh, a, a player. And so... Yeah, we'll see what Eric Gentry is able to do on the field. The biggest thing for me with Eric Gentry was not like his dimensions are wrong to be able to make plays at linebacker. It was just clearly he needs to add weight. He needs to add uh, uh, mass so that he is more effective when he is trying to mm-hmm. make plays as, as a linebacker because he's having to go up against um, players who are more hefty than him and he needs to be able to stand up to them so so is this what you're saying as doesn't necessarily matter if you want it hard enough <laughs> yes exactly uh big shout out to the soundboard being yes. back 
Um, yeah, uh, SJ in the chat says if he was listed at 200, he's probably 190. Yeah, I mean, that's something to consider, too, that uh, just because he was listed at 200 last year doesn't mean that's the accurate number. It doesn't mean that the 223 is necessarily accurate now. However, I would believe what Eric Gentry says personally versus what is listed on the in the media guide. Um just because the the media guy is always going to you know rosy up things well, that's, that's their job. We spent a whole seg- segment last week talking about how Corey Foreman being yeah <laughs> is listed in the media guide as as two thirty five, and I have serious questions about that if they intend to have him playing on the defensive line. Which, by the way, I was listening to Keely Yours Victory podcast um, yesterday, and she had an interview with Sean Nua and Sean Nua was talking about Corey Foreman as a defensive lineman in his room. So that is, that is answer confirmed. He is a defensive lineman in Sean Nua's room. And so I'm going to choose to believe that 235 is not accurate. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, so we can just throw all the weights that are on the roster out the the window. Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll see what happens with, with all of those things, the more important thing, of course, is uh, how those players play uh, at the the weight that they are, whatever that number is, and whether or not it sort of works for them. Um, let, let's talk about the uh, defense a little bit more as we get into the happenings from fall camp. Um, Barry, Barry, Alexander, ugh, Barry Alexander, USC's uh, big... Um, Incoming transfer from Georgia, you know, had a couple tackles for loss against TCU in the in the national championship game. A lot of hype coming in uh, from the two-time defending national champs. Uh, he has a small injury right now. Um, isn't full go. Lincoln Riley's Lincoln Riley's calling it a soft tissue injury. Um, are you concerned, or is this just this is just something that happens in week one, right? Like you you don't be concerned until week two and three and four. Am I crazy? If if it were a different position, Uh-oh. I would not be concerned. <laughs> Mystic Alicia is out in full force. I just it's the last thing I wanted to hear. It's the last thing I wanted to hear. Bear Alexander is so feels so important to USC's defensive line transformation going into this year. And he's not the only one. There are others who are very important, Anthony Lucas and Keon Bars and and all of those guys. Yes. But, like, he's one of the big ones that you're looking at and that has the combination of size and power and explosiveness on the defensive line to be a difference maker. And him not being able to practice his first week of practice. <laughs> it, it wor- I'm not going to lie. I'm not going to lie. It worries me because every little thing about this defense is going to worry me until I see them on the field actually being competent at what they do Mm -hmm. and so i'm not gonna make a a mountain out of a molehill it's a minor injury and we hope he can get back to practice obviously as soon as possible but yeah but also the fact that lincoln riley addressed it at all makes me (laughs) make something turn in my head that says How minor of a minor injury gets mentioned? Like, if it was a minor injury, Mystic Alicia is out in full force. I'm not trying to be up to. I'm not trying to. Pessimistic Alicia is out in full force. It's not what I wanted to hear. I wanted to hear Bear Alexander hitting the round running, and I will feel a lot better when I hear the word that he is actually practicing. That's all I'm saying. 
especially big guys. It's just, it's just, the, the, you know, we've seen so many times, so many, so many big guys that the nagging injuries just are there and they never go away. Yeah. So I, yeah, uh, it's not something to worry about unless you it's, have anxiety problems like I do. It's soft tissue. I know. In week one. This I is know. what happens. I, I, I am I I I the the best point you made there was you usually don't even say anything. Uh, there there's nothing forcing Lincoln Riley to disclose the injuries, especially in this day of college football where every coach in America is super tight to the vest about literally anything. Um, Lincoln Riley included, he's not going to talk about injuries if he doesn't have to. Um, so yeah, him mentioning it certainly could be something more than that but these generally are not the type of things that i would worry about in week one but uh we will see and i i get the anxiety i get it i get it uh usc's defense uh needs everything to go go their way especially on the defensive line where sc's gotta replace some dudes um uh tooley's gone um sc's gotta replace him and they gotta figure out something uh even though there's a lot of promising guys there when you look at uh you know anthony Lee, lucas bear alexander Corey foreman all of them you want to see them actually gel together um the other thing to talk about from from practice not a lot going on um that, that you get from the beginning of start of fall camp but there was video of uh sort of drills the the media is allowed to take video of drills but not anything beyond that mostly because Again, you don't get to see like actual team periods and whatnot. Uh, but there's a video making the rounds from Ryan Young of Rivals of Deuce Robinson sort of running some routes, catching some balls. And uh, Alicia, in the rundown, you said that he looks just like Drake London. I'm just saying. I, I clicked on the video and I saw him running the route and catching the ball and continuing on and... The 19 isn't so different from a 15 and the body isn't so different from Drake London. <laughs> it just got me a little bit, a little bit pumped. Um, especially because we spent so much time talking about Drake London as, uh, you know, they were using him, they were using his physique, even though he was a receiver. Yeah. They were using him almost like you'd use a tight end in, in terms of just the mismatches and the mm-hmm. the inside stuff that they were doing with him that I just thought was super exciting. Yeah. For USC to see. Especially in the first two seasons. Yes, especially in the first two seasons. And then he you know, they, they branched him out. But like initially very much he was playing in the slot and doing what amounted to sort of tight endy slot uh routes and, and, and things. And so much of that came down to the the size mismatch was where he could just eat people alive. Mm-hmm. You look at Deuce Robinson, there's no reason they can't do the same thing with him. There's no reason they can't. And that is that is just really exciting to see him fully formed on the football field. We spent time over spring talking about like what did what do you get drafted? What do you go do baseball? Like all this kind of stuff and going like is the, can we get excited about this kid yet? One video I'm excited about the kids. So, yeah, the, I, I think, I think again, we're not going to run away with a little drill in the beginning of camp. It doesn't necessarily mean anything. Wait, hold on. Hold on. Wait, wait a minute. You're saying that we should not do the Dylan Baxter thing? <laughs> no, we should not do the Dylan Baxter thing. Oh, you don't want to do the, what was the guy who transferred to Notre Dame that his, his dad coached to Purdue, so he transferred to Notre Dame? Um, 
Somebody in the chat's going to remember this. Who? Uh, Running I mean, back Carlisle? in like... Carlisle. Yeah. He had like crazy highlights too. Yeah. Um. You know. Yeah. Don't want to... Oh, don't, don't there's a long the and storied history of crazy highlights against USC walk-ons on the practice field. Yeah. That, uh, that get blown up into, into bigger things. Yeah. All I'm saying is that the kid has the... A similar skill set to Drake London, and given what we saw Drake London achieve at USC, you could sort of create, you know, draw that draw that line between the yeah. two. And and as as uh, Lincoln's visor in the chat goes, you know, USC is back to having the bottomless grab bag of five star wide receivers. Yeah, mm-hmm. it it feels like that. Yeah, I the 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 way I the way I look at it the. The most exciting thing about that that video, obviously, is you know being able to see uh, Deuce Robinson, SC, go out and get him, beat Georgia for him, and all that kind of stuff. But there's a crime that has been committed here, and that's that the Brendan Rice still has the number two, and he th- there wasn't a trade worked <laughs> out to give the number two to Deuce Robinson. What are we doing here? Like, I understand. Brendan Rice has seniority. I get it. He had a hell of a of a cotton bowl. I get it. We're, nobody's talking about Brendan Rice. He might be the most underrated player on this roster because literally nobody ever, ever talks about Brendan Rice going into I, the season. All the hype is about, is, is about uh, Dorian Singer, about Deuce Robinson, about Zach Branch. Nobody's talking about Brendan Rice and how insanely good he looked in the Cotton Bowl, which is a big growth area for him, considering that he was up and down all season last year. So I feel bad that I'm I'm saying this about Brendan Rice about taking his number away, but, but the kid is named Deuce. Like, <laughs> what are we doing here? Okay, Come on. Just to give a hint to our, our, when we do our offensive preview podcast, I have a take about USC's wide receivers and the, the somehow underrated nature of USC's wide receiver room at this point. Who's more underrated? Brendan Rice all of or the Michael ab- Jackson III? All of the above are underrated. That's the crazy thing. It's like, it's weird because I was so excited about Dorian Singer and Dorian Singer is is, is excellent and it's going to be really exciting seeing him in Cardinal and Gold. But like, Mario Williams getting disrespected. Taj Washington's yeah. getting disrespected. Taj, yeah. Um, uh, you know, Brendan Rice could have a massive year. Michael Jackson the third. We all love that guy. Like, like, yeah. It it's it just everyone's sleeping on a lot of of wide receivers who I think are are good. But Makai Lemon, hello. Um, I mean, Makai Lemon and and uh, uh, Kyron Hudson and you know, there's 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 guys, yeah. there's dudes. We almost named them all. Yeah, yeah we we almost literally. Jacoby Lane. No, we don't have to take Deuce Robinson's number away. Not Deuce, not, not Deuce Robinson's. Brendan Rice's number away. It's just that like Deuce should be number two, and Brendan Rice should have an equally cool number. Like, I don't, don't know. Don't give him the eighty because don't don't put that that. That uh, those BS expectations on him in that I'm, sense. I'm saying but, you could. No. Although looking through, but some other number, you know. To be fair, <laughs> all the numbers are taken. I mean, this you don't is, jump yes. into the 80s, I mean, 19 so. is a horrible number. Yeah, like, like I don't it's know. a it's a it's a terrible number, yeah. uh, unless you're Johnny Tays, of course. Uh, big shout out in the chat to uh, to M Caro who has joined the Rot Squad. So. Yeah, people are joining the Rot Squad left and right. Cigar has joined the Rot Squad as well. 
Um, we're super pumped about that. But as we're talking about um, about fall camp and before we get to other new stuff, I, I want to talk about camp more. Alicia, what are you looking to get out of fall camp this year in the sense of what are you looking to hear? What What are the things that you will be happy to hear and the things that you would not want to hear, et cetera? Like, what, what are those things? Fall camp always begins and ends with injuries for me. Um, it's really hard to assess things in camp, especially now. There used to be... There used to be ways that you could glean stuff, especially those of us who went to practice um, that got to watch the whole practice. Like, we we could learn a lot. Those were the days. Those were the days. Um, Now that it's sort of closed up, I don't even, like, I'm going to trust the people who are at practice, and they're going to be able to give really, really good information, but not the kind of insight that that you would get when you get to sit there and watch team periods and watch all of those things. So um, it'll be just a little bit, a little bit, limiting in terms of of the information that we that we get and the information we can trust and even then when we had full access to full to watch all of practice mm-hmm. everything we saw at practice you still had to take with a grain of salt because you know there's a million stories of of guys like Jamel Cook having an incredible you know week of spring camp, but then Jonathan Lockett I thought was nothing. the best corner at Jonathan ever seen. Lockett was absolutely incredible. There, I mean, there's a whole list of wide receivers who just looked like this guy's going to be really, really in, mm-hmm. and uh, and then they just you know they, they they fall off. So like even that you can't trust completely because it, it's not you know it's it's sort of through a filter of of. Of, of what is and isn't real, so it's even less now, and so I'm I'm just gonna try and try and navigate all of that a little bit. the The only real thing you take from camp is who is or isn't injured, and so to me, it's all about um, uh, about just sort of assessing how healthy USC makes it through camp, and um, and then and then sort of go from there. I think. Any other observation, like anything the coaches say, I'm going to take with a grain of salt. Anything you know, reporters say, I'm going to take with a lesser grain of salt, but still understanding the limitations of what they're able to see and, and observe, um, and that uh, and all of that. But when it comes down to it, like guys are either healthy or they're not. Yeah, uh, Rem Rody in the chat says need to see a true depth chart for the defense. Yeah, I think that that would be something that would be great. I. Just unfortunately, wouldn't hold your breath. I don't know that uh, the depth chart that you know SC puts out right before the San Jose State game. I don't think that is going to be gospel either. Um, I think really it comes down to what does SC look like against San Jose State in terms of personnel, and then you want the 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 real unsettling answer. What does SC look like after the first month, after the first six games, like? We're going to talk about this all month as we, you know, start to preview, uh, you know, the the season. We do our offensive previews and defensive previews August 14th and 16th. Uh, come back for those. But when part of the, so much of the discussion is going to be like, what are we going to see in week in week zero? I don't know. Secondly, is the team that we see in week zero against San Jose State going to be the same team that you see in week two against Stanford? Maybe not. You look at last season, there was a whole bunch of changes. So look at Solomon Bird, right? Solomon Bird was, he. I think he had like two plays, three plays, whatever it was, mm-hmm. uh, against Rice. And then he was arguably SC's best defender against Stanford in week two last year. 
Um, and then the season kept going, and then he became someone who uh, seemingly, like most birds in the winter, migrated somewhere else because you didn't see him for the rest of the rest of the season, right? Like, I don't know. I, like, things are going to change, and SC's got an interesting schedule this year where they start fall camp early, they get a, a week zero game, um, and yeah, they get Stanford early as they always do. But there's also nobody that's a threat on this schedule for the first six games. And, the first six, the first six, and weeks. it's weird to say, but like that's 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 what it is. So yeah. All right, uh, let's let's move on from camp a little bit. We'll come back to camp as we, as we you know probably get questions in the mailbag segment uh, about that and move on to other news uh, in USC football dumb. Um, and we start with a um, a flip. Uh, Florida State has flipped offensive line commit uh, Manasse Itete. Um, he was committed to the Trojans in the 2024 class. He's flipped to Florida State. Yeah, that's a bummer. Um, I, the worst time for – maybe it's the best time for a recruit to sort of flip is, is right when fall camp starts because it just feels – it never feels as big of a deal as it does when you're in the middle of May and that <laughs> happens and it's like there's nothing else going on and so this is the thing that's consuming me. Um, in this in this particular case, I I think that it's it's a bummer, but USC's offensive line class still is looking looking pretty strong. They've still got the bodies in there. Yeah. Uh, so I I'm not really sweating it to be quite honest. Um, Maybe I'll be sweating it in in December when things with the offense with 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 the recruiting class in general are, are are depending on where they're at. Maybe we'll look back on this and say like actually that was a bigger deal than than we said it at the time. But also like, bruh, fall fall camp is starting. <laughs> I I know that this is a horrible opinion. It's not enjoyable to listen to. I just I don't care about recruiting right now. It's not that interesting. Now, in, just in general. Especially when the transfer portal is so much more interesting, like I, I don't, I, I, I got nothing. I got nothing other than I. Okay, sure. Like I, I, I got nothing. Um, positively or negatively about USC, I almost feel the same way. Um, unless you know, it's like some, you know, SC's going out and getting like a five star flip that you know means something in a in a battleground state or whatnot. So. Uh, other news to, to discuss. Uh, let, let's talk about the Pac-12 for just a really short minute because this really does not affect USC at all. Uh, the Pac-12 is uh, basically no more. Uh, Colorado moving to the Big 12. That was announced uh, late last week. But now the rumors are that Arizona is to sort of to follow. Perhaps there's... Uh, they're they're going to have... There's going to be a meeting tomorrow with the Board of Regents at Arizona. But also, like... George Klyavkov is going to present potentially a TV deal to everybody. Like, what? Like, it's everything is in flux and not very presentable for the Pac-12 at the moment. Yeah. Woo! Um, yikes. Okay, so Wildcat Authority, which is the twenty-four-seven sports site for Arizona put out a report on Monday that the Tuesday meeting of the Pac-12 would include a presentation on the TV deal, which is apparently going to be a streaming deal with Apple. 
which, um, by the way, Apple TV Plus does not miss all no. good shows. Yeah. So, like, well, besides Ted Lasso, but yeah, no, <laughs> Ted Lasso is a good show. Mm. Uh, Silo, Bad Sisters, we, we're caught up on Hijack now. Ooh, like, Hijack's incredible. There's, there's, there's a handful of other shows that I want to watch on Apple TV Plus that I haven't been able to get to that people rave about. So, like, yeah. All wins, no misses. Not paid for by Apple TV. Not paid Plus, for by but, Apple TV Plus. You know, if you, you want to be a sponsor, RedditTryFanSide.com. Apparently, they're going to do have the streaming rights for, for the Pac 12. Um, but the number that Wildcat Authority threw out there as as a potential number was $20 million per school, which, to put in context, 10 plus years ago, when the Pac-12 set their record, oh, Mythic Quest in the in, in the chat, Kenny. I I watched the first season a few days ago. Great show. Excited to continue. Back to the Pac-12. Um, when the Pac-12 signed their big history like, record TV deal, uh, over a decade ago, it was like twenty-one million per year per mm-hmm. school. So, the Pac-12 staying pat at that number when everyone else is exploding the numbers of their deals is exactly it's exactly i mean USC and UCLA contributed to it because they couldn't possibly get a, a great deal when you've when you've got um yeah. when you lose those big brands so like yes USC is a, at the heart of, of making it this way but also like the, everything that's happened with the Pac-12 and the reasons Colorado is leaving are exactly why USC and UCLA got out when they did and it's good that they did because the Big Ten announced their distribution deal last year, and like it's gonna be fifty plus million per year per school at a at a low. The the ESPN had this line in the article: the Big Ten is projected to eventually distribute eighty million to a hundred million per year to each of its sixteen members. Um, like, uh, how can you not say the Pac-12 is dead? Oregon yeah. and Washington cannot sit here. And accept twenty million per year. They can't. The programs will die. There's to me. There's there's one simple answer, and this this sounds very. I hate myself for saying this, even as a joke. The answer is for George Klavkov to like, you know, call MBS and be like, "Hey, is this line directly to Saudi? You guys <laughs> interested in Oregon State football? Like, yeah." Get you know, that like, Saudi money, man. Like, Saudi blood money. That's like, exactly like, what you know mean. what I mean. Like, yeah, what, yeah. What do, what do we like? I it's, I don't know. Like, it's 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 bad. But as we talked about on, I it kills me that the Pac-12 is dying. It kills me for nostalgic reasons that SC is changing things and leaving. But at the same time, it is nice to sit here on a podcast and talk about this. That doesn't like we don't have to talk. We really don't need to be talking about this. You know what I mean? Like that is, is a weird luxury to be in. Like I'm, I'm so, I'm so over, over it. Right? Like mm-hmm. I blame Larry Scott for this. Yeah, yeah. potentially. Yeah. Um, but yeah, th- things are the things slight- are weird. Um, I I expect when if Arizona leaves too that I at some point something else has got to got to give yeah uh by the way i'm jumping to a mailbag question that we got an email from andrew in lisbon who says uh do you guys want oregon and washington to join us in the big 10 i don't it's probably a rivalry thing no logic to it and when i hear the rumors that the big 10 doesn't want them and we're actively blocking them i kind of like it andrew in lisbon 
I I have one selfish reason to want Washington because like Husky Stadium the tri- the trip to Seattle is, oh yeah would, would be you know it, I, that would be good a, go- a good we've option got family to have. and friends we've got fa- in family and friends great. in yeah. Washington it would be really nice to have an excuse to like have a built in trip every every few years whatever yeah no I I I agree and I. I want Oregon and Washington in the Big Ten because I respect them too much as programs, and I don't, I don't want to see the big, the the Pac-12 like go by the wayside. I don't yeah. care about Colorado, and to a lesser extent, don't care about the Arizona schools. And maybe this is elitist, Pac-8 Michael talking, but like those schools added to the Pac-12 years and years and years ago, like. Th- Oregon and Washington have such a long history for like a hundred years with SC that you want them involved. Same with Stanford and Cal. Like I want them involved with SC somehow just because of nostalgic sake. And I I get that, you know, maybe that's dumb, but like, I don't know. I I feel, I feel genuinely bad for Oregon and Washington right now. I'm, I'm with you. I, I, whether it's nostalgia or just sort of some sort of weird West coast, pride angle one of the things that i think is really sad about all of this is that the west coast is overlooked enough in sports like it's it it's pretty crazy when when you look at just the the distribution of of like sports in across the country the west coast is pretty sparse by comparison um and like this is only gonna heighten that on the college football yeah, um, landscape and makes me really frustrated. The Pac-12 didn't just go all in with the Texas and Oklahoma Big Twelve merger years ago, and yeah, yeah, the, things things would have would have been def- definitely different for sure. Um, all right, uh, let, let's let's turn the page and um, let's take a moment here to talk about more serious things. Um, USC basketball: Bronny James suffered a cardiac arrest. Uh, last week at practice, uh, almost a year um, since this happened last year with uh, with Vince, Vince, Vince. You know, Iwachukwu. There you go. Is I'm 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 trying to get in. I'm trying to become brave enough to to, to say it. Good and, they, and not feel like I'm butchering it. So I'm trying. There you go. Um, Iwachukwu. This this happened last Monday night. He was released to the hospital from the hospital on Tuesday. Horrible, horrible when it happens to anybody. Um, it's special, kind of horrible when it happens to you know someone who is seemingly a very athletic person that you just wouldn't expect, right? So um, these are you know our thoughts are with the James family and all those things that uh, that you think. Say during these moments, but um, you know, it's the important part is that he's released from the hospital and uh, turn turn a corner, right? Like the moving on. One important thing: um, he was conscious, seemed to have no uh, brain sort of uh, uh, concerns, issues going on. That's big. So his health, it seems like it's it's good news on that front. And number two, it's just a really good reminder for anyone who's involved in youth sports at any level um, to have uh, to to sort of review the procedures if there is a cardiac arrest, uh, have the 
the the defibrillators or any other sort of thing nearby on hand because as Mm -hmm. usc has now unfortunately but fortunately proven twice when you have people who are trained to read react to these kinds of situations they don't have to end tragically and too often they end tragically so uh you never want this to happen to anybody but my hope that would be that the, the good again comes from it from you know this happened to lebron james's son it can happen to anybody right be ready for it and you will save lives that's my thing yeah 100 percent. so uh yeah hopefully everything goes well with him on on the mend and, and all that um last year uh uh vince played last year so he was, yeah that, that's potentially a good sign for for Bronny james we'll see what happens on Hardwood for the Trojans. And now we'll make that awkward transition to a more lighter topic. Um, Alicia, you tweeted out um, a picture. uh, You quote tweeted a picture from a recruit, 2024 recruit, Elijah Dotson, who went to a Michigan uh, recruiting thing over the weekend, uh, like a barbecue. Uh, And there was a picture that he tweeted. Um, Tell us what you're seeing. Tell, I, okay. I, if you're if you're watching here on YouTube, we, we we've got the we've got the the photo. Okay, this is um, if you, if you but if for, for those audio only listeners, I'm gonna, I'm just gonna paint the audio only listeners a picture. Mm-hmm. There is a a blue table, a table with a blue tablecloth. Yeah, and a gold napkin, mm-hmm. and it says the universe. Blue and gold, Michigan. Yeah. Yes, it's very clearly a Michigan event, Michigan mm-hmm. recruiting event. Could be Pitt, but. Michigan. We, we know it's Michigan. Well, there's an overlay that says that has the pin at University of Michigan, Michigan State. Oh, that's a good point. Yeah. So that tells us Forgot a lot. to read. Yeah. Yeah. And there is a plate. Mm-hmm. It's a white plate. Yes. And on that plate is, I'm going to go in a clockwise circle to paint this picture for you. So like, think about a clock. At about one o'clock is a chocolate chip cookie. Mm. At about three o'clock is a hot dog in mm. a hot dog bun mm. plain no ketchup no mm. mustard no relish points for no mustard there's nothing on it major points lost for no plain hot dog in a hot dog bun at about six o'clock is four chicken tenders yeah buddy that look like they were chicken tenders of the frozen chicken tender frozen reheated chicken uh, tender uh, variety uh, uh, hold on hold on hold on I Chicken tenders come I'm in not, all shapes and sizes. I'm not throwing shade at frozen also, chicken tenders. I'll, those look almost identical to the like the chicken tenders at Islands. Like, okay, Islands, you know what I mean. Okay, like, they, I'm not saying that there are Islands t- chicken tenders. I'm just saying like those type of chicken tenders come. Blitz all night. Yeah, r- r- wrong button on the soundboard. <laughs> uh, I'm I'm just saying that those chicken tenders could have come from anywhere. The, yeah. Okay. The, fine. Don't, don't disparage they're, them. They're basic chicken tenders, though. They're just they're standard chicken tenders. And then, uh, what Which would are still say? good. Like, chicken dinners are good. From about 8 o'clock to 11 o'clock is... 11.30, yeah. Let's to 11.30, is a pile of mac and cheese. Mm. It does not look like Kraft Mac. Oh, but it looks good. But it looks like... Uh, it, it's, it's, it's sort of one of those sort of thicker noodle mac and cheese. It looks like there's oh. actual real cheese in there. It looks a little bit... It looks cheesy. Oh, it looks good. So, um, <laughs> I, I quote tweeted this... He, Michigan was getting roasted over this 
to the degree that I have not seen which is which is ridiculous Lincoln Riley's Easter brisket <laughs> uh, oh and, and and the 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 purple tuna that he and the pur- they put and it the, out and that people tuna. didn't realize that that's what tuna looks like yes and the tuna <laughs> that not since those have I seen a photo of food in the college football sphere get roasted and I and I brought this forward and said you know I need to save this photo for when people ask me about Michael's um, food preferences because I have never seen a more Michael friendly plate of food than this it's, plate of food. It's this has it's Michael a, all over it's it. It's not an A plus. And the reason it's not an A plus, the lack of ketchup on the dog is problematic. Fair. Here's the thing. Most hot dogs itself, like the the wiener itself, the the glizzy if you will, <laughs> not not great. Like you need you need no. A, a, a little ketchup. Hot dogs are good, but yes, I agree. You need some ketchup. You need, you know, I, I'm i a big fan of, of ketchup and mayo, personally. No ketchup, um, just ketchup. I don't do mustard, but I know... I, I love I Chicago, people. but this is one thing that ketchup that Chicago gets wrong. You need ketchup on that bad yeah. boy. I really want to try a Seattle hot dog with the uh, um, with the cream cheese on it. No, it's disgusting. Okay. Yeah. No, 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 no. So... The the also the plate management the cookie is a solid inch and a half, <laughs> potentially two inches no from the mac and cheese. Good cookies, mac and cheese cannot touch. That's weird. Uh, it's also a good distance from the hot dog away. That's good. Good placement on the plate. Now the tenders uh, do look like they get. Sort of touchy to the mac and cheese, but that's fine because tenders are dry. So like, and the mac and cheese isn't necessarily liquidy. So like, that's fine. Maybe there's ketchup off to the side because the tenders need ketchup. Oh or wait, something hold too. on, that is a ketchup bottle off to this on the right side. There is a ketchup bottle on the right. Oh, so there, he just took the ke- picture before ke- he yes. before he catched it up. Okay, yes. okay, yeah. all right, okay. It's a, it's back to an A plus. We're back to an A plus. Um, this is this is There's great. Ketchup within arm's length. Yes, uh, in the very corner of the picture, you can just see yes. the bottom. Of okay, the bo- actually, the, the only okay. So now that we've established that, the the worst thing about this photo is the lemonade. Lemonade <laughs> is I like lemonade. I enjoy lemonade. I like to drink lemonade. Lemonade is not a drink that you have with a meal. It ruins your food. Like you need a solid middle ground beverage with your food love strawberry margaritas i wouldn't have a strawberry margarita with my with my food i'm, g- I'm going to el cholo i'm getting a strawberry margarita I'm not having a strawberry margarita with my quesadilla you know what i mean okay i'm getting a diet coke to drink with my quesadilla like a sane person so when we're looking at this so a lot of outrage a lot of people say you know this is a kid's plate a lot of talk in the in the chat this is a kid's plate first of all if you don't like chicken tenders, first of all, if you like chicken tenders, that doesn't mean that you're a kid. If you don't like chicken tenders, that doesn't make you an adult. That makes you a sad person. If you don't like mac and cheese, that doesn't make you an adult. That makes you a, like a very depressing person. Like, I'm sorry. So, it, like, the people hating on this are people that, that hate themselves. I agree. I agree in that the people hating on this, I, I don't get it because I would crush everything on that plate. Yes. 
There is not a single thing on that plate that I wouldn't eat and enjoy. Oh, and, and then also the everything's the same color. Oh, oh. First of all, there's chocolate chips in the in the cookie. <laughs> that does. So that's count. not not true. Yeah. Um, and once the ketchup gets placed upon the glizzy, then you know, then that's not the case either. But then the other thing that I think is important to to get here. You're not going to the freaking barbecue at this at this recruiting gala to to freaking eat squash. Like you're gonna go here and like I have all these options. Hmm. I'm I I I'm gonna take the asparagus. Bullshit. You are like you're not no no like no <laughs> no. Uh. So yeah, a plus plate. Uh, big shout out to uh, Elijah Dotson. Uh, and if if SC hasn't offered him already, I think they should. <laughs> um, you know, no, I, and I agree. That's where we're at. I would agree with cigar. It at a recruiting function. I, I'm not going to hate. I'm not going to hate on what's on that plate. It's all good food, as far as I'm concerned. Um, but at a recruiting function where you're trying to impress folks, I I just I feel like you probably can shell out for some okay honest, I don't know. honest question maybe that mac is, is honest bussing. question better better uh smorgasbord here i would rather eat this, that this or the thing that clemson had at the white house the mac the mcdonald's <laughs> i think there was wendy's too was right? it wendy's like, yeah. i don't know there was i will say this i would rather eat that plate then seventy five percent of the yeah, buffets that you're have been not a sad o- person, that, the yeah. buffets that were offered at like Pac twelve Media Days or whatever. Oh yeah, which were never like bad, but it's, also it's always the same. Just, there was a lot of stuff. It, it's it's cold pasta salad with yeah. like little things in it, and like oh God forbid that it's not all the same color. So we've got like little shavings of little red bullshits in there. Like yeah, yeah. That, I mean, but also I don't know that I am the best. Um, the best judge of whether or not this is good. Because the thing is, the only thing that takes me out of being the basic toddler uh, in terms of eating is like my relativity to your basic toddler. So uh, I just bought a big thing of mac and cheese from Costco because <laughs> so, I eat it for lunch every day. Uh, West Texas Mike in the chat says, I will never eat asparagus. I think we all know why. Yes, it makes your pee smell. Um, uh, Mark says this food is fine. I would eat it. It just seems plain. See, pl- nothing wrong with plain. Plain is plain is good. That means that you you enjoy the sanctity of the food itself. Um, Donnell says there's no flavor on this plate. There is flavor. All those things are full of flavor. They're full of flavor. There's so much flavor in there. Uh, Glenn says it's it's food chat time with Uncle Michael. Yes, it is. So, all right. Uh, let's let's get to the uh, let's get to the mailbag. Uh, Alicia, you know the only good thing about football season being over? There's literally nothing good about the football season being over. It's just an endless wait until the fall. See, that's where you're wrong. It's tournament season. The best way to take your mind off the endless wait. That is true. I may not want to watch the men play, but the USC women are pretty awesome. Exactly, but it's not just SC. 
There's high-stake basketball moments all over the country. But you know what? They get even better with prize picks. So you're saying the only thing better than watching Juju Watkins is taking the more on Juju Watkins. Bingo. You can now turn your hoops knowledge and love of Juju Watkins into serious cash. Because you can now win up to 100 times your money on prize picks with as little as four correct picks. Turn 10 bucks into a thousand bucks with college basketball, NBA, and NHL entries. Best of all, Price Picks lets you get on the action on more than 30 states across the country, including Texas, Georgia, and California. That sounds pretty good to me. Yeah, download the app today. Use the code Reign of Troy for a first deposit match up to $100. That's the Price Picks app with the code Reign of Troy for the first deposit match of up to $100. Pick more, pick less. It's that easy. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. You've got mail. All right. Uh, we, we got to an email earlier from from Andrew, so I'll skip skip that one in our little rundown here. Uh, and let's go to our YouTube comment we got last week from uh, Renaissance Man 11 I think that's what that's supposed to say. Uh, who do you see as possible transfers for playing time and not fitting in a year from now? Just a thought. I... I put this on here because I wanted to sort of address this. We get this question periodically. Who do you think will transfer away kind of thing? I find... Maybe you feel differently about this, Alicia, so please let me know if if you do. I feel uncomfortable answering these questions outside of just saying quarterbacks. Literally any of the quarterbacks could transfer because that's what is established as like... The norm. Literally any quarterback could transfer. Like, even the starting quarterbacks transfer now. So, like, any quarterback could transfer at any moment. That's just what college football is. Aside from that, it's kind of weird. Like, it's kind of weird to... It's more uncomfortable talking about with college football players versus, say, we were talking about... NFL guys. and Like, who could get cut kind of thing. Well, there's a limited number and dudes just have to get cut. So, like, that makes sense. But, like, dudes don't have to transfer... So, I don't know. I feel uncomfortable talking about, like, I, who, who could transfer. I take a little bit of a different sort of look at that in the sense that I, I think it would be icky if we were looking at the roster and saying, this guy's going to transfer because he's not good enough and he's going to get run out of town. I, I, I don't want to yeah. do that. I'm not interested in that. What I would be interested in, in pondering for this question would be, the Kyle Fords of it all mm-hmm. in the sense that it's like it's a player that's leaving because there's a log jab at their position and they're trying to just get more playing time and it's it's like you love for them to stick around but you also can't guarantee that they'd be anything more than the sort of fourth or fifth option in the in the in the receiving core and so maybe it's best for them to branch out and see what they can become when when they're given an opportunity somewhere else at a place that has a greater need at their position. Right. That's why I think that's why I think you point to quarterback because I think it's implied there because there's only one quarterback that plays. Like right. 
it is implied right now. It, Miller Moss, there was a discussion in the chat earlier that Miller Moss has already graduated and he's already working on a, on a second degree. Like, Miller Moss is a candidate to transfer. It, right. If he, if it, you know, he's going to get an opportunity to compete for the starting job next year. If he loses that battle to Malachi Nelson, you're going to look at him and say, yeah, he's a good, he, he could get an opportunity somewhere. He could transfer. And not you only that, a, like, I, I mean this genuinely, like, it's in his best interest to transfer. Yeah, just, because he, if he's not going to be able to play at USC, right. like, go, go, go see where you can, you can do it. Right. I think you can apply that same. You can of, apply that logic to, like, every you other You can apply position. that logic to players right. at wide receiver, absolutely. I look at someone like Kyron Hudson or Michael Jackson III, and, and I say, if they don't start to break through as 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 trusted members of the of the wide receiver crew in in more of a of a sense than they have over the last four last few years they're gonna have to be guys who think about it mm-hmm. who weigh their options I, I i i i love both of those guys i want to see them succeed at usc there's nothing i would give more than like i would have loved to see kyle ford come back and succeed at usc like it just it sounds, yeah but they're gonna have to consider it we're gonna find out for, for, from them where they stand and it's not because of an ability thing. It's because, you know, what are you going to do when you got the guys in front of you that you got in front of you? Like, it's no no mm-hmm. shade. Um, I think that there's probably guys in the in the defensive backfield that are in a similar position, you know? If Prophet Brown isn't seeing regular minutes this year, Prophet Brown, um, you know, Zamarian Gordon, Fabian Ross, uh, Anthony Beavers, those kind of guys... They're, they're going to have to consider where their place is and whether or not they could go start somewhere else. And again, it's no shade. It, it's about it's about figuring out who will and won't contribute, uh, who will and won't be able to contribute. And there are a lot of reasons why you wouldn't you would or wouldn't be able to to contribute. So I, I think there are definitely names that you could look at and point to, you know, uh, that 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 will have to have those conversations with their family, with their trusted people about whether or not they need to stick it out with USC or go see what they can find in the transfer market. But we won't know. Yeah. By by October, right. someone like Fabian Ross could be starting games for USC and then suddenly it's like, yeah, no, he he's not going he's not a candidate to transfer. It, it's it all depends on, on on what happens during the season, and even if those guys do become candidates to transfer, it's not necessarily well, because of 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 anything that they did. Even look back at twenty nineteen fall camp, everyone was gushing over Devin Williams. Middle of September, he transferred away. Like you know what I mean? Like yeah, th- yeah. things can change um, quickly in either direction. So. Yes. Uh, those things are always changing. Um, let's go to YouTube questions we got here on YouTube. If you're watching us on YouTube, you can always put your questions in the chat. You can put the word question at the beginning. That helps us sort of tag those for later um, uh, and make sure that we get to those. Kenny says, what's your prediction for the outcome of the Pac-12 media deal tomorrow? I think Arizona for sure is gone, and I'm starting to buy Oregon leaving too. Yeah, I think Arizona has to be. Has to There's be a lot of smoke around that fire. <laughs> There's a lot of smoke around the Arizona fire. It, it, um, the, the smoke doesn't happen if, if there's nothing. But secondly, like if, if there was truly nothing, it would have gotten shot down so much more vigorously and like 
by so many people in the know and those people are not doing that yeah yeah um and i think yeah oregon and washington as as brands as athletics brands need to be looking they have to be i i think the tough part for oregon and washington is i don't know what the answer is because you do not want to make a reactionary move that ends up not being the right answer six months from now because I like I, I think in a lot of ways I've mentioned this before. Like I think the best move for the Pac-12 is to some to get in bed with the ACC because we know the ACC has had some issues. Mm-hmm. They've had issues with media rights and stuff like that too. Like okay, we'll band together and get strength in numbers and find a secondary media deal or I don't know, just find stability in getting together something so that way there's a reason for the the schools to exist and i think that there's you know academic things at play that would match with the pac-12 and the acc you'd go cross country like there's reasons there and i think that'd be a way to to keep someone like oregon and washington from from leaving i just don't like where are oregon and washington going to go the big 12 like is the big 12 truly the the best outcome for everybody if so then fine but i don't know that 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 is the best outcome but also, I don't know that we know the best outcome, period. I don't know that the Big Ten is the best outcome for USC five years from now. Right now, it's the, I think it's the right decision for USC that they, that they did the one that they did. But things are changing so quickly that five, ten years from now, things could be so drastic. Maybe we don't even have conferences, period. Like, you know what I mean? Like, things are so weird that I don't know how to trust anything. Yeah, 100%. So, yeah, I, 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 I don't know. I know that's not a satisfying answer, but that's just that's where it is. Um, Fighting on MC says, would you guys consider a, doing a tailgate meetup? Yeah, I think that we want to do uh, a meetup of some sort. We've talked about it. We've done preseason meetups before. We've done those a couple of times, uh, like the day before, the week before um, the first game. I think we want to do one of those uh, here in August as we get before the uh, the first game. Tailgate meetups. Not ideal. Um, Alicia covers uh, college football at large for fanside.com. So uh, on a on a game day, that would be pretty difficult for her. But I think we want to do something, and we want to figure out some sort of, of meetup. So more, more details um, to come. So keep that in mind there. Um, Callie Cat says, I feel like Alicia is getting jaded. Um, you know, I, w- I was hitting the, uh, you know, everyone's favorite button. Mystic Alicia is out in full force. A, a lot during the, uh, during like the Bear Alexander thing. Um, are you getting jaded? No, I'm just way too excited. It's, 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 it's self-preservation. This is absolute self-preservation. Okay. This is, this is, uh, there's so, I, I'm, I, there's so many reasons to be excited. I am so looking forward to the season. Mm-hmm. I think it could be so just, it just, it's going to be so much fun. I'm, I, I can't wait and so every little thing that is a threat to that enjoyment, to that excitement, feels like the big, it, it, it's not jadedness. And maybe it's a little bit because I saw how the sausage got made in terms of, of, of media and, and, and practice and all of that kind of stuff. So like maybe there is an element of that in some of what I'm saying, but mostly it's that every threat to my happiness this fall feels like the biggest thing in the world. So, yeah. Yeah, I, I I'm emotionally invested, guys. I can't help it. 
I'm not dead inside. We spent years. I actually think this is a case of optimistic, Alicia. We spent years saying just be dead inside going into USC season. I mean, this like, is We true. don't have to say yeah. that anymore. That, that's, this is what happens. That's the true jadedness of, of yeah. all of this. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Cigar says, do any USC receivers go over the 1,000-yard mark this year? Or does Caleb spread it around uh, on offense? Um... Uh, I think Mario Williams goes goes a thousand um, in a in a full full campaign. Really? Yeah. Mario Williams is your pick there. I oh, go Mario Williams. Yeah. Oh, I I. You're Doran Singer. <laughs> Taj Washington. It really depends on which which of which of which of them is healthy for the whole way through. That's the one that's doing a thousand. Well, I think I think that's the the fair answer. So I'm I'm looking back at Oklahoma's numbers. They've had they, they had a thousand receivers almost every single season under Lincoln Riley. But I think you have to understand that this is a different receiving core. Um, you know, back in 2016, Dee Westbrook was wasn't he a final Heisman finalist? Um, he had 80 catches. The next. Highest receiver had 32. Like, that is not going to happen this season. There's no way that that's going to happen. Um, you're not going to have a guy who has 10 more touchdowns uh, than the next, than Mark Andrews had, had seven, right? And D.D. Westbrook had 17. Uh, the next best wide receiver for Oklahoma in, in 2016 had three. Jeffrey Meade had three touchdowns. Uh, D.D. Westbrook had 17. That is not going to happen this season. So, like, don't expect yeah, that. I, I, know, I think but... the more likely scenario um, is something like what happened uh, at OU in 2018. You had Hollywood Brown with 1,300 yards, C.D. Lamb with 1,158. Um, but then you had, like, nobody after that. Nobody else had more than, than 500. And, again, I, I go to the problem of, like, is Mario Williams the most likely to get a thousand? I don't think so. Uh, Dorian Singer is a returning first team all conference receiver. I, I yeah, but Mario I, Williams has been catching passes from Caleb Williams for for yes, he's got two seasons right. on Dorian on Dorian Singer. But I, you can also make the argument that Taj Washington's probably the the guy to, to potentially have the most production. You know, based on you know, what he did last year and all that stuff. And then you add in, well, Zach Branch is the five-star recruit. Like, I think there's too many guys that you're going to end up, maybe someone gets a thousand, but I would not bet on who it is. And I think the, the, the reality is that SC has a bunch of guys who have more than 700 yards. Last year, USC had four that had 600 plus. Yeah. I would I think the only prediction that I'm willing to say, to say here that I'm willing to actually feel good about is I think SC will have four guys who are 700 plus. Who are those four? Uh, I don't know, but I will say Mario, Taj, Singer, and Rice, I think. Which would have been the four last year okay. you put Singer instead of Addison. Going so. back to 2009, which is CFB stats uh, limit, USC has never had... Last year was the first time USC ever had four 600-yard receivers. Yeah, and the so. SC's never had a receiving core that's this deep. Yeah. yeah. Um, 
So I, 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 I think that limits things a lot there. Um, Glenn says, Alicia, how old do you have to be before you can start calling players kids? The the chat had a discussion about this earlier. I feel, that, that, that they said that they thought it was thirty five. I feel old enough. <laughs> well, so so if it's thirty five, and if you're in the chat still, you know, comment on this, chime in. Is the is it is thirty five the number because like you gain the ability to run for president, and simultaneously you can then call players kids. Like, is that the perk? Like, like the con is, unfortunately, now you can now you can run for office. But on the good side, you can call Caleb Williams a kid now. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to create a different standard for myself. Okay. If a player, if I was in high school, when a player was in diapers... I get to call them kid. If if I could have okay. babysat a play, one of the players, I get to call them kid. And this only works for like uh, child diapers, right? For what? Child diaper? Like this is oh, work. child diapers? I thought you said child labor, and I was like. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was it was a it yeah, was a dumb yeah, old chi- people child, joke that didn't, yes, that didn't yes, land. No. Child diapers, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I'm gonna put the babysat standard. If I could have if I could have babysat them, then uh, but see, when okay, they were kids like babysat then. is difficult because theoretically you can babysit someone who's like five old years older than you. That's true, but... Like, you can be a 14-year-old that were, babysits a 9-year-old. If I could have babysat them when they were in diapers. Let's put it that way. Okay. Within diapers, within the reasonable, within the, the sort of standard ages at which you remain in diapers before you get potty trained. If I could have babysat them before they had to get potty... If I could have... Cha- okay, I'm gonna, now there's I'm too many stipulations I'm just going to stop. <laughs> Yeah. The point is, you are comfortable. I get to call them kids. I get to their kids. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. These you, now, can you say these kids? These kids. Or is, or is that a too, kids too these much days? Real? There you go. Mm-hmm. Kids these days, exactly how we talk about Gen Z. Am I right? Yeah. Um, or Gen Alpha, right? That's the next one. Yeah. Jeez. Uh, looking forward to Gen Beta. Am I right? Uh, but. <laughs> All right, we're we're gonna we're gonna wrap up the pod there. We'll be back uh, next week uh, again uh, with two guests that we have two buttons for. One of them is this. And the other one, unfortunately, is this. The Bruin Revolution is in full effect. The Bruin Revolution is in full effect. Allegedly. Allegedly. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, so we'll be back on Monday uh, to talk to uh, to Kenny, uh, formerly from the What's Bruin Show, uh, no, from Trailblazers Thursday, and Jake, currently from the What's Bruin Show, um, and so we're looking forward to that. Real quick in the chat, Sean from beautiful Austin, Texas, asked what the most underrated dessert was, and he said it's rice pudding. For him, I agree, rice pudding is wonderful, and I underrated dessert. Give my thumbs up to rice pudding. Underrated dessert. Yeah, okay, you know what it is? Because I'm taking the word underrated very literally. Unfrosted because I think, cupcake is the answer. I think most ahead. things are rated 
Yeah. And so it's hard to like... That's why I feel like rice pudding is a good one. It's those things. Those things in the cookie aisle that are like... They're rectangles. And they're cookies. The layers? Yeah, they're layers and they've got like a steel grid pattern yeah, built. Yeah. You know what I'm talking about? That they're not they're they're like what Kit Kats would be if Kit Kats yes. didn't get the chocolate on yes. them. Yes. Yes. Those things oh. underrated cuz yes. literally nobody talks about them. The only person buying them is your grandma. Yeah, I but like love Oh, and my you, dad. That's why I You yeah. get them and you're like, "Damn, these are like why are we not buying these?" Yeah. My dad who is now grandpa, so, you know, it counts. This is this is true. Yeah. Yeah. That is a true underrated dessert. So, um, yeah. Uh, Cigar says ice cream is the only dessert that matters. Yes. And on that, we will end this note because uh, Glenn says wafers. Yes, they're wafers. Uh, thank you. Um, uh, we have to end before we get into an ice cream conversation because... Alicia doesn't think that ice cream is a dessert, and it's very disappointing. No, and that's not, that's not that's it's, this it's, is, that's what this you believe. That's what you believe. That, that's what you believe. You don't think that ice cream should be consumed no, by itself? No, I think ice cream. You said is ice cream is a, a condiment. Dish. Yes, yeah, ice cream is a, is is a, is a that is like utterly bad. People talk when about served with other things oh, like oh, a hot Michael piece has of such pie bad or a takes. piece of cake. Ooh, Michael's the one with the bad food takes. Yeah, she's the one that wants to put cream cheese on a hot dog and says that and says that ice cream is a condiment. Get out of here. Get out of here. Uh, we'll be back next week. Until then, see ya and make sure you join the show. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.